Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, Lord, as your word has been read and as it is now proclaimed, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to receive your word for us this day. Use my words or speak in spite of my words, but God, we await a word from you. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. How can things go from so great to so awful in such a short period of time? Going from whatever normal life is to excitement at at, at a wonderful event to suddenly watching everything fall apart in front of my eyes to death and hiding from some unseen enemy to the place where you wonder where if everything, when will it end and, and will life ever be normal again? I was actually talking about this week from Palm Sunday to Easter here, but it surely felt a lot like I was talking about this last month of our collective experience, didn't it? You know, maybe this year we can all understand Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Good Friday and Easter in a new way because we are actually walking through ourselves that up and down of emotion from a time of feeling like it's rest and relaxation maybe to to worrying about the disease to contemplating economic impact to news overload to how long will this go on I've seen a lot of wonderful quotable quotes that that we put up on Facebook mostly that that are these wonderful ways to help continue to give us encouragement and there's one that really speaks to me it's about our time even now in the midst of this pandemic but also about our time as we move into Holy Week. And, and the quote is, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. I loved that. I also so enjoyed um, seeing all the pictures and the videos uh, that you sent in for our virtual Palm Parade. It certainly was not what we had planned when we began planning worship, oh gosh, a couple of three months ago for this very week. But you know what? You made do with what you had at hand, and so did we. The palms or paper palms, um, branches, and together, with each contribution, there was something so beautiful that was made. It was the same on that first Palm Sunday for that first parade. The scripture says that the people gathered and before Jesus and after Jesus, they threw down branches from trees or their coats on the ground, whatever they had at hand in order to honor this Jesus. They used what they had. 
I think we too are learning a lot about making do with what we have at hand. And when it comes to pleasing God, what we find is that he wants us. He doesn't really care about the show. Hosanna, they shouted, shouting Hosanna, praise and adoration as Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem. Actually, Hosanna literally means save us. Or save us, we pray. Hosanna, indeed. I think that has a a wholly different meaning for us now in these days of COVID-19. Hosanna, save us, we pray. And indeed, Jesus did come to save us. Just not in the way that the crowds had hoped that he would. You see, in these next few days after this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jesus made clear his agenda. I encourage you during this Holy Week to read the rest of the chapters through Matthew. During these days, as time heated up, he challenged the status quo of religion. First, by driving out the merchants and the money changers in the temple courts. Then he challenged the notion of who was favored by God by telling stories about the last being first and about tax collectors and prostitutes going into the kingdom of God ahead of the religiously proper. He told parables against those religious people who thought that their place in heaven was secure by saying that they would be locked out because they responded so casually to the invitation to participate in God's party and that their places would instead go to just those riffraff on the street. He spoke straight up against the most respected religious authorities. He called them hypocrites and blind guides and whitewashed tombs. You know, we love to think about the gentle, healing, friendly Jesus, the comforter and our friend and our teacher And what we see during Holy Week, though, is Jesus, the outspoken critic of religious business as usual. He was about much more serious business. You know, sometimes gentle, that's what we need. A soft word here. A small word of correction occasionally. But sometimes... In a crisis situation, we need a strong word, a hard word, a no-holes-barred, this-is-how-it-is kind of word. We don't like it, but it's what we need. Because sometimes you see that soft word, well, it just sort of flies right on by us. It's, It's really easy to ignore. But when things are life and death, we need to pay attention. 
in Matthew's gospel. He places the question about what is the greatest commandment to Jesus right here, right in the middle of Holy Week. And that makes it more significant for us because it's part of the very last teachings of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When I think about that scripture and that particular week, I, I wonder given our current circumstances, what that second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself might say to us in this time of making decisions about personal risky behavior. Just a thought, but that's another sermon. Back to Holy Week. By Wednesday of this week, one of Jesus' closest disciples will make a deal with the religious authorities to sell Jesus out to them for money. By Thursday of this week, Jesus will gather one last time with his very closest followers, including his betrayer, and he'll wash their feet. And he'll institute what we now call Holy Communion. And then he'll go and pray in the garden, and he'll be arrested, and he'll have all his closest followers desert him. Even Peter will deny knowing him three times. On this coming Friday of this week, Jesus will have a mock trial in front of the Roman governor Pilate. We read that scripture at the beginning of this sermon. And this governor will try to release him because he finds nothing wrong, but he will be stopped by the shouting of the crowd who by the time that this is occurring has been whipped up into a mob saying, crucify him. And by the end of the day on Friday, Jesus will be dead. This week will have gone from a celebration of Jesus the King to the death of Jesus, the apparently failed Messiah. And friends, we can't get to Easter from Palm Sunday without going through the cross. Hosanna, save us indeed. Where the first century Israelites had it wrong, was that that thought what they needed saving from was their present circumstances. Church, are you listening? Jesus came to save humankind from something much deeper than our circumstances. 
He came to save from a sickness much more serious than COVID-19. Jesus saves us, first of all, from a a, a certain kind of religion, from a casual religion, from a rule-following but a heart-empty religion, from a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately, God, type of religion, from a I'll-follow-you-but-only-if-it-costs-me-nothing kind of religion, from a love me but don't love those others religion from that show me your grace but show them your judgment religion because that kind of religion is worthless we need saving from that kind of religion that's the religion of me first And friends, that is called sin. And Jesus came to save us from our sin sickness. Confronting then the the religious authorities, those who were in power with this kind of a mindset, got Jesus in trouble and got him killed. But, you know, back to that slogan that I shared a little bit earlier, we need to always remember that everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. Because the death of Jesus is not the end of the story. Yes, we have to walk through the cross to get from here to get to Easter, But we don't have to be afraid of that walk because what is waiting on the other side of that is so amazing. It is beyond our understanding. We can appreciate the Holy Week and the Easter story, I think, in a new way this year because of our current circumstances. As we are isolated in our own homes, staying away from this unseen enemy, we have a lot in common with those first century disciples. But during this week, we can walk through the week with wonder. We can allow ourselves to experience the pain and the sadness knowing that it does not have the last word. Because friends, life is on the other side of this journey. Different from what we've had before, perhaps, but the life that awaits us is made sweeter by the experience of what that life costs. Freely given to us, at great cost to God. I invite you to join with me in walking through Holy Week this week, to read the scriptures, to watch those movies that will be out on Jesus' life, to participate in the daily devotions on Facebook. I'll lead us through one every morning at 9 a.m., 
and let the reality of this week sink in. And then join me back here next Sunday for the celebration of resurrection that is Easter. Hosanna, save us, we pray. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, Lord, as we prepare to walk from the celebration of Palm Sunday in to the despair of Holy Week, give us courage. Make us brave. Make us unafraid to face the days ahead because we know at the end of them is the sweetest life that we can only imagine. Help us, O oh God, this morning, even as we celebrate this spiritual kind of a communion, as we walk through the great Thanksgiving, God, we ask that you would stir in our hearts the remembrance of that last supper with Jesus' disciples. Amen.